Hi, I'm Britton LaRue, and this is Moon to Moon. Moon to Moon is a space to consider, celebrate, and share the ways we come home to ourselves, anchor through change, and uncover our power. One month, one phase, one loving step at a time. Dear Moon to Moon, it's Britain, and I'm recording this episode under an Aquarius moon. Mercury is at zero Scorpio, trining Saturn at zero Pisces, and that feels special because Part of the purpose of this episode today is to celebrate and honor the devotion to communicating that has been this podcast, Moon to Moon, because this is numbered as the 100th episode, which is kind of amazing. It's actually, I'm going to be honest, it's the 101st episode because I doubled up somewhere like in the teens or something. There's like two 17s or something like that. So it's actually the 101st episode, but it'll be remembered as the 100th episode. And what I want to do in this episode is talk to you about a practice I have that's really, really, really helpful to me and kind of blowing my mind right now as just so helpful to me and has been helpful to those I've shared it with, which is called Here I Am. It's my Here I Am practice. So I'm going to set the scene and lay all that out so that you can feel into the ways in which here I am as a, as a framework might be supportive to you. And, and if so, you can listen in for like your own language around it. If my language doesn't fully resonate as yours, you know, as with any framework I teach, it's my desire for you to make it your own So here I am, here I am, here I am. Before I was even doing this practice of saying here I am, I was already doing the practice through moon to moon. Moon to moon was probably one of the most important here I am practices of my life and um, I'm just so moved and grateful 
at the courage of my younger self to go for it. Oh. I'm very moved at the mysterious ways that our younger selves do very bold things. Feeling our way into who we're becoming and um, There's a kind of reckless courage that is involved in the here I am practice that I'm going to be talking about with you. That is just like healing the future self. It's pre-healing. So let me let me begin to try to explain. <laughs> so when I woke up today, I had no intention of recording an episode. That was not on the agenda today. I was, you know, like basically all of us, like who isn't, I have felt a lot of, um, I have been at low capacity for business as usual. I mean, this grief, this outrage, this mind being blown at history unfolding and the waves of each turn of the story this is business that requires a lot of rest. There is so much happening to our bodies right now. Like, yeah, that to-do list is going to feel constricting. Like, it's just, it's unfathomable. the layers and the layers of the histories of what our bodies are processing and making room for what we are what we are noticing we have the capacity to see that we didn't see before aided by these eclipses it's so much it's like, how do we even do anything else, you know? And uh, it's definitely one of those weeks where you're like, thank goodness I've been learning these tools, you know? Like, how did, how did I do these things before I had these tools? Like, how did I, how did I deal with anything well, I didn't. <laughs> I did. I did. But it was a different skill, quote unquote, set, you know? Um, doing things 
as a conscious, like as a person who values being conscious and as a person who values noticing. Like what is, what is ostensibly the simplest thing that I invite people in my community into the practice of noticing is the hardest part, you know, to be noticing it all. And the aliveness and the sensations that come with that. So I've been holding myself with a lot of compassion, trying to, (laughs) because, you know, there's so much surrender when your 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 ego your 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 stewardship brain even with the most beautiful intentions and the desire to like be thorough um be be um be appropriate um be responsible be in integrity be in alignment with what your goals are you know those parts of us like get to learn a lot right now about like how unnecessary in many ways um, some of that attention and labor really is in the face of what's really going on. And Yeah, so this weekend, um, I have known, you know, there's some, there's some tidying I want to do for the, like, to wrap up Cave Space promo. And if you don't, if you're not aware, I have a container. This is my third year to hold it for Scorpio season because I'm obsessed with Scorpio. And I don't mean Scorpio like Scorpio people. Scorpio personality. Um, Those of you who study with me know that I don't see the signs through the lens of like a personality test. And I see the signs as ways of being that we all inhabit. And we're all Scorpio. Not only because Scorpio was up in the sky around us when we were born, but because we actually live through Scorpio season as humans every year. Like, you are the part of you that's living in the year, responding to the world around you that you're in. What is called upon in this time of year, you know? And I'm just really uh, turned on and curious and fascinated by and drawn to the Scorpionic invitation, which has a lot to do with the hidden and the scary, the horror, the horrific, the lost, um, the dead, the mysteries of the unseen, the mysteries of what is below the surface of the world as we thought it was or the world as we think it should be or the world as we pretend that it is. 
just always been wanting someone that wants to look and see like what's behind, what's under, what's through that. And um, always been someone who loves scary movies. Uh, always with someone who likes to step towards edges, even edges towards like where I could be in danger of really hurting myself. Um, really excited by um, what is beyond the veil of reality. What if I could just just touch it or just see it? Just for a moment, what, what is it like under there? And how these, this, this idea that the out there is separate from the in here is, is a false opposition that what I'm really interested in is knowing what's inside of me. What, what of the, what is the, below the surface of who I present myself to be? Who am I if I don't present or meet, greet the world according to a story about what the surface of me looks like? What kind of scary, fascinating villain is underneath there? What kind of wild hag, what kind of witch lives inside of me? Maybe I could touch her. Maybe I could see her. Even just for a minute. What would that be like? And I found that the more I led the Scorpionic invitations through story, through astrology, through the tarot, the more I let them in, the more I bathe in it, the more of myself comes back to me and the more of my sense of truth reveals itself to me. And I feel myself grow bigger and more powerful and magnetic because I wasn't afraid, even if just for a moment. I met myself where I'm afraid to see, but where there's just as much desire as there is fear. And what is that like? And I love it. I fucking love it. Each year, this offering is very different. It's usually very kind of like, it's very emergent. Like, without fail, y'all, every year, it's like October 1, and I'm like, shit, (laughs) we're almost there. Like, I was going to do that thing. Shit, I still want to do it, though. I want to do it. I want to do it. I'm just going to do it. I'm just going to do it. You know, and it just kind of like comes together. And <laughs> sure enough, I've known all year. There's something like 
I just feel like Halloween and Scorpio comes so fast. Like it's summer and then here we are, you know, here I am, here I am, here I am pulling it together, you know, which relates to, to me, this here I am practice. Um, which I started feeling myself desire to talk about in a podcast today. And then I was like, well, that means it's also the hundredth episode. So what if we could like tie all these things together? And then it was like, oh yeah, so duh, because moon to moon is my here I am practice. <laughs> okay. So let me show you what I mean. <laughs> okay. So here I am came in as, as like those three words. It was like, maybe Sag 2021 into Capricorn 2022. Um, I, over the course of the fall, had a vision. I pulled the moon card in the Thoth Tarot. If you know that deck, you know that there's a very sexy beetle lifting a sun towards the surface um, at the bottom of the card. And it's like going, you, you presume that what will happen is that sun is going to be lifted up. But right now it's below like a threshold in the card. So the beetle is underneath the surface holding a sun. So it's presumably still night in the rest of the card. It's a moon card. And I had this vision of myself as that beetle and I knew I wanted to get a tattoo. And uh, there was something about, there was just in this moment, this sense of like belonging to that beetle. I've always been drawn to moon cards. I'm a Pisces sun. It's a card associated with Pisces, but I hadn't ever really thought of myself as connected to beetles. But then, of course, I started learning more about beetles and learning about them as symbols of transformation. And then thinking about how transformation, I mean, it's the name of my one-on-one -on -one container. It's a huge word for me. Um, it's what I trust in is the idea that we can trans as in move across form like we can bridge ourselves to new forms we can we can unfold into new ways of being i believe in this and i believe in cycles like the sun rises every day and here in this moon car we have the beetle lifting the sun towards the threshold and to me it relates to being a 12th house sun if you're born with a 12th house sun it means you were born right after sunrise. And there's this aspect of being a 12th house sun that's like, what the fuck is this place? Like, how did I even get here? Because these are sun beings that were just previously in the underworld and are now like trying to like figure out how to be humans in this daytime world, you know? So at the time that I decided to get this tattoo... Um, I was becoming aware of the relationship between um, 
my hands and um, my right hand in particular, my right side, as feeling like really disconnected from my left. And I began to relate this back to um, tennis and what happened to my tennis game after my dad died. Some of you have heard this before, but I'll, I'll tell it because it's part of here I am. So tennis was this thing that my dad and I had together. My brothers didn't play tennis. Tennis was my dad's favorite sport. My mom didn't play tennis. And so it was kind of one of the only things where like my mom wasn't out of the way and I was able to just be with my dad. And I I loved tennis. It's a very elegant game. I still I, I like playing it now, but at the time of getting my tattoo, I hadn't played since high school. So when I was in high school, um, I was on the tennis team and the summer my dad died, we played tennis on the 4th of July and then we saw a movie and he's really, in, was really into movies and I'm really into movies. And, um, then the next day I didn't see him. That night, I came home from my boyfriend's house, and I had this feeling like he something had happened to my dad. And I went and I knocked on his door, and he's like, yes. And I was like, just making sure you're still alive. And those are the last words that I have with my dad. I um, wasn't awake when he went to work, and he died at work. And so, um, you know, no, nobody, people didn't talk about grief the way they do now or trauma. And like nobody had any, um, nobody told me that I could slow down, that I could loosen my grip on my standards, that nobody was expecting the same things from me. Nobody said you could take a time out. Nobody um, was giving me a break. I, I can remember the breaks I got. I remember the head of the upper school once saw me walking down the hall and I guess the look on my face he was like are you okay and I was like I just need a nap (laughs) and the head of the upper school let me lay down on the couch in his office and gave me like a two-hour nap in the middle of the school day bless him but like I don't remember much else of a break. That's why I remember that one. And then tennis came around and I um, 
had suddenly developed this thing with my forehand, which is the right hand for me, where like I would hit it and it would shank. Like it was out of control. I couldn't, it was like, I couldn't hit a forehand. And then this thing happened with my backhand where my backhand became so precise and so powerful, nobody could return it. It was like this weird lopsided crazy thing that happened to my body. I now think as a trauma response, I kind of split. And it was just such a bummer. Like I just felt so dumb because I was always having to like run extra hard to like return every ball as a backhand. And it was just, it was embarrassing that my forehand was just like reveal to everyone like some kind of crazy wild thing was happening to Britain. What happened to Britain's forehand? So ultimately, senior year after I had been voted captain, I ended up quitting because I was like, I don't want to play tennis anymore. And I'd already gotten into the school I was going to go to for college, so it was like, I don't have to do this. So... Here I am came at a time when I had just gotten the tattoo and put it on my right wrist, the inside, as an honoring of the wound that had been manifesting through the right side of my body. And uh, as an honoring of grief, and uh, celebration of grief as part of who I am. And like my weird shanky forehand type behaviors that you see and lots of other funny things that I do, many funny things, uh, funny little behaviors that just became part of my personality um, in, the, in the years when I uh, had to just keep going and I wasn't allowed to slow down. So uh, one of the things that I realized in that time, y'all, is I was like contractually like feeling resentment at kind of anyone in my life. If I, if I felt pressure, like usually I realized it was a projection. Like I would project onto my daughters that they were like wanting something from me. Why are you wanting all these things from me? Rawr! And I just want to like whip a backhand at the world, you know, just like I'm like okay, doing my backhand, <laughs> like hit it so hard. Just like, how about that world? Get off my back, you know, game over can't return my backhand. And I was like, putting this on everyone around me, this, this like sense of like, I have to be hypervigilant to protect myself from all of these people who are wanting things from me. Just like the rage of my younger self, who's just like, leave me alone. I just want to rest. Go away. 
you know, like speaking of horror movies, you know, like, um, (laughs) I swear this is related y'all, but it's funny. Um, kind of embarrassing, but you remember the thriller video with Michael Jackson where he's on this date and he starts turning into a werewolf and he turns around at her and he's like, go away. And she's like shocked because she can see that he's transforming and she's running off to escape him. It's like the horror of who who's, he really is, you know? <laughs> and I used to play this game with my younger brother <laughs> when he would want, he would like be bugging me to play with him. Like, Britain, Britain, Britain. Hey, Britain, you want to go right, right, right? You know? <laughs> and I would just like not be in the mood, you know? So I would do that. I would like crumble over and then he'd get up really close, and then I'd go, go away! And I would do Michael Jackson, and he'd go running off like, ah, mommy! <laughs> you know, it's like that the hypervigilance, or like the, oh, why does everyone want things from me? Part of it is like trying to withhold this monster inside, right? It's like trying to withhold this part of you that wants to be like, fuck you and your deadlines. Leave me alone. Stop trying to make me be stuff. Get away with your standards of perfection. You know, you just want to like freak fangs out you know but I felt such sadness for everyone as I was seeing these patterns like really clearly just like that I was putting that on my kids for example like it's not their fault that I've cultivated these patterns in response to my grief that led me to see the world through this lens of like, everyone's putting so much pressure on me, leave me the fuck alone. You know, my daughters, they don't need that. And just like, whoa, this is a zone I really wanna heal. I don't wanna put that on people. What would it be like, and this is where it came in y'all, what would it, what would it be like to just be like, here I am. Here I am. Yeah, my nails are really chipped and it didn't fix my nails. Here I am. Yeah, I I don't have any food for dinner. I, I have no idea what we're going to have. Like, here I am. I don't have a perfect slideshow for class, but... I'm really excited to to share with you what I want to share with you today. It's like, here I am. I'm sorry it took me six days to respond to you, but here I am responding to you now. I apologized in there, in that example, but I don't always mean for there to be an apology because a lot of this shit we do not have to apologize for, you know? Here I am. Yeah, feeling really bloated today. Yep. The puffy eyes. 
here I am. I got a spelling mistake in my post, yeah? Here I am. And like once you get started, it's just kind of wild to feel into how much we realize we're afraid to just be, to be here. To be here being how we are that day. And I've been in this practice of, um, of that really, I think since, I think moon to moon is one of the first major things for me that I really gave that to myself. I have my journal here from the week that moon to moon was first broadcast I recorded on March 14th, 2020. So we were just newly in quarantine. Uh, Published it on March 15th. So it's a Pisces baby. And um, I made a pact with myself when I started it, which was that I would never share Um, Because I think that it's what people are expecting from me. If I find that it's fun to do things rhythmically, I will always give myself the space to not show up sometimes. Or to say, I don't want to do that anymore. I'm only going to do do an episode because I'm really excited. And I can't not. Because I have something to say. And it wants to move through me from a place that's like a me place that might even have like something hag-like and horrific about it. I called that first episode, Fear is Not the Frequency. Fear is not the frequency. I heard it when I was deep in meditation with my guides. I didn't have an Akashic practice at the time, but I was dialed into whatever it is I dial into. I don't know, I don't know what you call it. It's just that which loves me and speaks to me. And I wrote down in my notes, We are in the chrysalis goo. Allow your old self to be composted as grit for the new paradigm moving in. Allow your old self to be composted as grit for the new paradigm moving in. And I wrote, my gift is the microphone I went back recently to listen to it. I was like crying on and off. Like I can't even believe. So if you love Moon to Moon and you've never gone back to the beginning, it's pretty raw and pretty awesome. I had, looks like, according to my journal, around 782 followers at that time. 
Um, and right now I have almost exactly that many, but add a zero at the end. Um, so they're technically, that's not a lot of followers. And, um, I did it anyway. As I hear, I am practice to practice letting myself let things roll out without me being on camera, without people being right there that I have to respond to necessarily. For me to just speak like not knowing if zero people will listen, if a million people will listen, it doesn't matter because I'm showing up as I am. And let's just see what happens, you know? And I just find that really, really beautiful. One of the things that I shared at the end, because I shared what a vision that I had had uh, uh, in a past life um, regression that I held space for for myself, and I shared that I heard enjoy ritual and ceremony in grief, ritual and ceremony, fear in fear, ritual and ceremony. And then I wrote, sing as the birds do. So I'm sharing that. Some of the reason I want to share this too is because we are now also in a time of chrysalis. We are in a heightened time of world change. And in many ways, the composting that happened from 2020 is um, like the consequences of that are being deeply visible in the collective response and the collective outrage at world events right now. And it's such a strange time of being like so horrified, but also so moved because the response today to what's going on right now is is different than it would have been before 2020. And a lot of that response, the, the collective outrage side of it, I feel very proud to be part, living through and part of. I'm proud of myself for whatever has happened that I can see shit that I just could not see before. Like I had, I was numb to things. I'm horrified at how numb I was to things, but I'm not numb to them now. And it's like this work of unshaming is really important because if we sit and fixate on the shame that we're not able to witness like what has happened, which is there has been a healing to have more capacity to not be numb anymore and to insist on seeing what's here so you can participate in the collective outrage that is from having the capacity for more feeling. 
and just holding the swirl of all that is a lot. It's like this here I am practice is extremely helpful to, because there are parts of us that may feel like, oh, I have to do this. You know, I, I have to keep showing up this particular way. Or like, oh, bad things are going to happen if I don't X, Y, Z like I normally do. But it's like, whoa, let's, here I am in massive world change. Compassion. And for each other, you know, like letting everyone you meet be moving through this at their pace and integrating the personal, the interpersonal, and the collective swirl that's here that may feel like way more information than we have the capacity to hide in our outer exterior mask. It may just feel very difficult not to let people see that you're having a hard time, that you need more spaciousness, that you're outraged. Like there's a there's an intelligence to letting people see the gnarliness that's going on, you know? This gnarliness is beautiful. And so what I think is really powerful is like, like for me, the cave space, right? The cave space is the space where I learned how to, is the space I carved for myself to get comfortable with new parts of me that want to come forward to the surface. They don't want to be hidden anymore. They want to come out. You know, and that can feel like a horror movie. Like what's going to come out, you know? What are the gremlins going to look like? And cultivating a practice with a cave space is like, okay, how can I learn to get more comfortable with this so I don't have to be afraid of it? Because the world is a better place the more we're not trying to clamp all that shit down. Because we learn to clamp it down from a conditioning that's not really loving, you know? Like moon to moon is my cave space. Whether I'm amplifying to one person or to, you know, gazillions of people, I'm sitting in the fact of it as I'm sitting in the same room in the dark with a candle in my own company, in my cave. In human design, my like location, you know, and if you're into human design, we all have a location that we're um, connected with. And of course, mine is caves. But there's this other element that was coming through in conversation on my walk today with my boyfriend, Matt, is like, why is here I am so scary, you know? And there is this precipice thing, this feeling that if you say here I am, that you will become that you will be noticed 
by Pluto, that you will be vulnerable to being pulled down somewhere to the abyss, into the chasm, some place that you don't know how to be, that you will be like Persephone, innocent and taken. But it's like, what if this whole, that whole framework or that whole picturing of how reality works is actually like um, us foolishly believing that um, we're not already there in the underworld? That like, even just being born here wasn't the abduction. That even just being born here wasn't just us choosing to go live in the underworld. And the reason we don't want to admit that is there's some part of us that's like, I didn't consent to that. But what if everything is the underworld? What if we're all always already in the underworld? We're just refusing to understand this, you know? I was just reading recently Caroline Casey, one of my most inspirational astrological thinkers. She wrote, Pluto always reminds us that demons and Demons are volatile in direct proportion to the force of their exclusion. (laughs) It's this um, false pretense that they're not included, they're not allowed, that we have the shadow and the volatility and and the, the violence, you know? And so that also makes me think about Barbie, you know, like Barbie as an underworld journey of like, wait, why am I thinking about death all the time? I'm not supposed to be thinking about death all the time. Like, why do I have all of this sudden like existential angst? As if like death wasn't always around us all the time. And her meeting her human counterpart being kind of like Inanna going down and meeting her sister, the queen of the underworld, Ereshkigil, which is the story we'll be talking about in Cave Space. And then, of course, at the end, it ends about genitals when she says, I'm here to see my gynecologist because Scorpio rules the genitals. (laughs) And how can you be alive here unless you have genitals? Um, That's part of our aliveness. Yes, we have these things. Things come out of and things go in. It's a vulnerable place. It's also a very pleasurable place. Life has the pleasures and the vulnerabilities. It's like here I am is to admit that yes, you know you can be vulnerable. 
you're vulnerable, meaning you have the capacity to be wounded, and you have the capacity to be wounded because you're alive. So to admit that you're going to be vulnerable by saying, here I am, this here I am, here I am. This is how it is today. This is how it is today for me. The vulnerability in that is your signature of the fact of your aliveness and your willingness to name that the underworld is actually everywhere all the time. We're living in the underworld. There is, in fact, no separation. We just want to believe that there is so that we can keep ourselves safe from what we think of as the above world overlords, which are the ones that have all their standards. But that hasn't, you know, turns out, I have not found it to be true that following along with overlords of the above world has been good for humanity, has been good for children, has been good for the planet. What do the underworld gods have to teach us? What might the energies, frequencies of the deep have to say? to help us be here and name the things that must be named and see the things that must be seen. And how much better can we love one another when we're not asking each other to hide all this shit and ask each other to perform as if there isn't all kinds of grief and rage and massive healing and upgrading happening right now. So to me, here I am is the ultimate compassion practice in the end because you're being compassionate with yourself. It's not easy. It's very difficult to believe that if you don't show up X, Y, Z, that um, things aren't going to fall apart, you know? And there's, there's a lot of real evidence out there that, like, if you don't follow through, that bad things will happen to you. And some of that may, some of that is just very real. If you have been tuning into Moon to Moon since recently for a very long time, thank you for participating in my Here I Am experiment. (laughs) It's always very moving to find out how powerful it is when we show ourselves, when we show each other who we are. I see it in my classrooms all the time. People come to my spaces because I demonstrate it here. I demonstrate my vulnerability speech here. And that's what gives people the courage to come into one of my containers because they want that for themselves. They want to know what it would be like to have that much compassion for yourself. 
which shows that if you then go out into the world with your here I am practice, your capacity to speak vulnerably and be seen vulnerably, you are healing other people when you do that. It is not selfish. It reverberates and waves through this world. Fear is not the frequency, I said in 2020. Fear is not the frequency. Fear is not the frequency. Fear is not the frequency. Like what is under that's trying to come forward? If you get this message sometime inside Scorpio season, I don't care if you're late. Don't believe ideas about perfection and completion that you can't show up late. Come in. This is what we're learning to practice in cave space. Learning to cultivate inspiration, a sense of humor, a joy, and a wonder with what we may be scared of beneath the surface. I promise you, I have no interest in doing things like this without humor. (laughs) Because the truth is, laughter is the great transmuter. Our ability to laugh helps make things um, shift from something stuck into something movable. And what could you do for the world, for what breaks your heart, for who you love with that extra energy, you know? I don't want to grow my capacity that I find from the underworld to go put it into dry labor for forces that are ugly? No. We grow capacity so that we can love more, so that we can speak more honestly more, so that we can have hard conversations and work through conflict more, so that we can fuck more, eat more, be alive more, and grieve more. All the things, feeling more is feeling more. If you're getting this message and you want to be inside a cave space to grow some of this capacity for yourself, to learn some of the ways in, to be inspired by some of the guides and the teachers in, please come, even if you come in late. No worries. No worries about attendance. No, 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 no. All these recordings are you for you for any time of year. The cauldron is always stirring in this container for cave space. Mm-hmm. There's nothing about perfection here. Uh-uh, we're unlearning those hypervigilances. Mm-mm. We're not doing any of those old surface standards here. Mm-mm, no. It's here I am. It's here I am in the cave space. No apologies. No shame for how you show up. Mm-mm-mm. Because with here I am, showing up is your speech. It's the speech of the grail. It's the speech of love. It's the speech of of compassion. It's the speech of here I am, knowing that I'm alive. And this is what I got today. So 
something's coming through to say and I'm just going to say it. Just have compassion and patience for those who aren't where you are with this yet. It's real, the desire for people to catch up, quote-unquote, for them to become more conscious, for them to access their ability to see truth from broader lenses that break binaries. I have found it to be true that worrying about where other people are it really takes you out of the practice. That it's way more potent to stay inside of your own, focus on your own, growing your own cave space, growing your own here I am practice. Let people witness you. Let people notice how you've shifted. And that can be their own information to do with how they will. Many of us did not choose to be leaders in our families in this. We did not choose to be the one showing the way. We don't want to show the way. We would really like someone to do it for us. We would really like more teachers here. It's a, it's a big bummer when you realize that you're going to be the one of your community who's leading the way. But for those of us, you, who are doing it anyway, you find your community so that you know you're not alone. I'm sending so much love as I can. I hope that this was supportive. I hope it was nourishing. I hope it shifted things. Maybe you hated it, and that too could be a teaching. (laughs) Hope to see you in cave space. If not, another time, another way, another pathway. Yeah. Sending lots of love here at the 100th episode. If you have never liked or reviewed Moon to Moon, the podcast, I'm inviting you to do it now. Show some love to the space if you love it. Maybe you could just do that by sharing it with someone else. Thank you so much. What a fucking honor. I love you. I love you. I love you. Cheers. Cheers.